0: Way out of here. Oh, man. This is Baseball Tonight, the podcast.
1: This is the Baseball Tonight podcast for Monday, March 28, 2022. And today will be better than yesterday. I'm Buster Only, working from New York. And Taylor and Sarah, citizens of this country, are we compelled to talk about the slap of the Oscars last night? Because it feels like you know, on social media, anywhere. And I got to believe this is in clubhouses all over Major League Baseball. That's all anybody's talking about, right?
0: I think it's international news buster. I mean, this is, it's transcended like, oh, a silly thing happened at the Oscars. It's its everywhere, man. It's out of social media. My mom was texting me about it. I mean, we were, my wife and I were watching live. We literally couldn't believe it happened. Uh, my wife is screaming in the living room for the security to throw out Will Smith. It was, it was a scene in my living room as well as the Oscars. S- Sarah,
2: what, what about you? I thought it was fake. I thought it was a bit at first. And then after seeing Chris Rock's reaction, I was like, oh, this is this is real. And then we watched some speak of international, some of their feeds of it because it's not censored. And wow, just wow.
1: Yeah. Uh, And as I thought about it, prepare for the show this morning, Taylor. uh, My question was, would our resident baseball nerd Tim Kirkchen have knowledge of this? (laughs) <laughs> because you assume everybody has knowledge of it, right. right?
0: And he's in the media. Everyone would have knowledge of it. Tim, there's a chance he doesn't have knowledge of it. What do you think? Yeah, I think there's a strong chance. I know he is. Come a, on. I think there's a strong. Really? Yeah. You know, I know he's a Twitter guy. He doesn't tweet a lot, but I, I know he's a lurker. So, you know, there's certainly a, I, I think there's a decent chance he does know this has all gone down and watch the video, but I mean, you know, you know Tim, I, I'm sure you asked him about things, plenty of things throughout the years that he's like, what's that? And uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to find out here.
1: Yeah, you're right now that because there have been movie references that he's never heard mm-hmm. that everyone else in the world is aware of. Uh, so we'll see. But we're going to be talking with Tim coming uh, up uh, about what he's seeing out in camps uh, about Freddie Freeman's note to fans that came out yesterday And about this note that actually broke during the course of the Oscars, Albert Pools and the St. Louis Cardinals agreed to terms on a one-year contract, $2.5 million, to give the 42-year-old first baseman a chance to end his career with the Cardinals, where, of course, uh, the team that he played for and developed as a star 15, 20 years ago. Yesterday, the Cardinals faced the Mets, and two pretty good pitchers were on the mound. Jacob deGrom started
3: swing and so much for that at bat five strikeouts
1: first time through the batting order for Jacob DeGrom and that was Gary Cohen on SNY and after Jacob DeGrom threw three innings allowing a run and striking out five Max Scherzer came on and threw six innings of relief
3: and the Cardinals are down to their final out. struck it out with a
0: breaking ball Seven strikeouts for Scherzer, and so DeGrom Scherzer Day in Port St. Lucie is a roaring success as they combined for 12 strikeouts. And there were a bunch of signings over the
1: weekend. The Cincinnati Reds agreed to turn with Tommy Fan on a one-year $7.5 million deal. Shelby Miller signed a minor league contract with the Yankees. The Oakland Athletics worked out a deal to bring Jed Lowry back on a one-year deal, and they also worked out a contract with catcher Stephen Vogt. Max Stassi, the Angels catcher, got a three-year, $17.5 million deal. Cattell Marte and the Diamondbacks worked out an extension that gives him an additional $51 million in guaranteed money. The Dodgers agreed to a three-year extension with manager Dave Roberts. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. looks ready to
3: go. To center field, and Vlad Guerrero has put the Blue Jays on the board and tied it up with a monster home run to right center.
1: Buck Martinez on the Blue Jays television network. Toronto pitching coach Pete Walker was arrested on DUI charges in Florida last week. Uh, that came to light over the course of the weekend. Uh, this is what Walker said to reporters: "It was a traffic incident on Thursday night that I was involved in." I'm very apologetic to the Blue Jays organization, Blue Jays fans and my family. I'm working with my attorney to get resolution to this right now. And Andrew Miller announced his retirement from the major leagues after 16 seasons, a two time all star. There was a period in the game where in which he was considered to be the best reliever in baseball. And all I
0: ever heard about his time in the game was he was a great teammate. Taylor, her what he got. Love Andrew Miller. He will be missed in the game. A couple of things, Buster. Baldman on campus. I went on to campus last night in Bristol and recorded a Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight recap with Jay Billis, LaFonso Ellis, and Seth Greenberg. Great episode out right now wherever you listen to podcasts. And their Final Four preview pod will be out tomorrow. Also, baseball is back, and you know what that means? ESPN Fantasy Baseball is back. To opening day is around the corner, meaning it's time for you to draft your team. ESPN has all the news and analysis to help. You you win your league and you can play all season long on the Fantasy app. Uh sign up now at ESPN.com/slash fantasy baseball. Dogs are an important part
1: of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you get to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxigectin, and Pyrantal Chewable Tablets. Next Guard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Used with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurological disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting preventive. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, the clutch hits, the strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems, with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package.
0: Seam heads rejoice. This is Timmy time. Baseball is the greatest game with Tim Kirkton, It never disappoints
1: you on baseball tonight. Tim Kirkton covers baseball for ESPN. And what Tim doesn't do is watch a lot of movies or watch a lot of award shows. Tim, I, I, I'm guessing you were the last person on the planet to hear about Will Smith and Chris Rock. When did you actually get word of that?
3: Uh, I still don't have word of it. What are, what are you what? talking about? I'm, ser- I'm oh serious. I'm serious. I don't know. I I went to bed at eight o'clock last night. I haven't I haven't slept since I came to spring training for a variety of reasons. I didn't watch one second of what happened. I'm serious. Yes. Tell them. Okay. Master. So
1: I think the maybe the the bigger question of authenticity, right? Not that I'm doubting you. <laughs> I've known for a long time. But I think I'm questioning that because the Chris Rock Will Smith thing is so out there, Tim. That I think I'm questioning that as much as the question of whether or not Will Smith actually slapped Chris Rock and was serious about it last night. Okay, because that's what happened. Chris Rock made a joke at the Oscars. Yes, Chris Rock made a joke about Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett. Okay, and Will Smith walked onto the stage. And slap Chris Rock on live national, international television.
3: Again, Buster, I I started driving at five o'clock this morning to get to the Braves camp. And the only Will Smith story I know is I just spoke to Will Smith in the Braves camp. That's the only thing I know. (laughs) I told you, Buster, I told you, I don't know anything about anything other than basketball and baseball. It's a curse of mine, but I just, I just wasn't going over Twitter while I was driving an hour and a half this morning from Tampa to get to the Braves camp. I didn't even know that that happened at the Oscars. The Taylor, least informed are, man are as in the world. Me, I am.
0: Uh, That's no, amazing. Not really, and actually, we didn't. I thought to myself, I was like, I wonder if Tim is unaware. We didn't talk about this before we press record, but uh, no, this is not surprising <laughs> at all, actually. And I'm, I'm delighted that we're informing you of this uh, international news story right now. This is great.
1: Yeah, wow. Tim, a guy who an hour or two later would win <laughs> the Oscar for the best actor, went up on stage and basically just absolutely slapped. Chris rock after a joke was made and then went back to his seat and was cussing him out.
0: Oh my gosh. And then, all right, wait, one more thing. And then he wins the award and doesn't apologize. He doesn't apologize <laughs> to Chris rock. He talks about himself in love. It was wild.
3: Uh, I have told you this before, fellas, I have to get out of the house more often because I'm just missing too much of life right now. That uh, Well, I know what the Twitter
1: tease is going to be today. We found the only person in the world who's not aware of what happened at the Oscars list. night. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> oh, I'm not proud gosh.
3: of this, Fusker, but I've had a, a, an interesting morning myself, so it's been a little busy. Sorry that I'm the most uninformed man in the world.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, because you're in Braves camp, let's veer right into the statement that Freddie Freeman uh, put out over the weekend. Mark Bowman covers the Braves for MLB.com and Freddie, of course, left the Braves. And, and, you know, he talked last week about the question of how did it happen that uh, Freddie Freeman and the Braves divorced? Uh, Very interesting note that he put out to fans, not only because of what it said, because of what it didn't say. His uh, statement was, first of all, my relationship with Braves president of baseball operations, Alex Anthopoulos, remains great. When we spoke earlier this week, and, and from what I understand, that conversation lasted a long time, I told Alex how much I enjoyed my time in Atlanta, especially last week. We all experienced the thrill of winning World Series. I also apologized for some of the comments I made during my introductory press conference with the Dodgers. It was a very emotional week for my family and I. Everyone should know that my wife, Chelsea, and I will always have the utmost respect for the entire Braves organization and city of Atlanta. My family and I loved every minute we had in Atlanta. We envisioned our future there, which is why it was such an emotional week for us. Tim, when I read this, uh, my first thought was, this completely backs up what Chipper Jones said, that yes, there was clearly a lapse in communication somewhere. Because if Freddie Freeman wanted to stay with the Braves and the Braves had an offer on the table, how does Freddie Freeman wind up playing for the Dodgers for a longer contract that nets him less money than what the Braves offered?
3: Yeah, there must have been a communication issue because this is thoroughly confusing. Now, let's be clear again, Buster. The Braves have a really good team, and their first baseman, Matt Olson is younger and a really good player. But it still just doesn't seem... The same when you walk into the Braves clubhouse and Freddie Freeman is not there. If there was a great reason why he wasn't here, I I would understand completely. But I still don't see a great reason why he's not here. And it's odd. Now, they've taken – they've moved on. The players here. It's a great clubhouse, as you know. And they'll miss Freddie Freeman, but they've already moved ahead. But I still – I still – there must have been more than one thing went wrong as far as the communication goes for Freddie Freeman to not be at Atlanta brave right now. I think the two words
1: that are worth uh, uh, remembering as the situation plays out into this year, uh, stay tuned. Cause I don't think this is the last we're going to hear about this uh, for sure. All right. Last sure. night, uh, speaking of uh, returns, Uh, Albert Pujols returned to the St. Louis Cardinals one year and 2.5 million. I got to say golf clap for Albert Pujols. I thought for sure, Tim, when the Angels cut him free, that this is someone whose career was over. Not only did he play better than I think a lot of people expected with the Dodgers, but he put himself in position to go back to St. Louis. What did you think when you heard this?
3: Well, I certainly wasn't shocked, but I was I was with you, Buster. I had enough people in the industry telling me Albert will not play again after the Angels cut him loose and ended up being an important player for the Dodgers down the stretch and now gets to go back to St. Louis. And the, the DH is obviously going to help him. He's obviously can still hit the ball out of the ballpark. Now he's got a real shot at 700 home runs which I didn't think was conceivable, but now I do. So I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in stuff like this guys going home. It sounds corny and everything else, but let's never forget what Albert's first 10 years with the Cardinals were. I mean, that, that, that was ridiculous. Maybe the first, uh, the greatest first 10 full seasons that anyone's ever had. And now he's going back to St. Louis I think it's a win-win for all sides. And if he can, he doesn't need to hit for a high average. He doesn't walk like he used to. But if he can hit the ball out of the ballpark as a DH here and there, I think it's good for the Cardinals.
1: The first name that I thought of when I saw this news, Tim, was Ichiro Suzuki. Because you remember uh, that uh, when he was traded initially from the Mariners to the Yankees, the relationship between Ichiro and the organization wasn't that great. And then when he went to the Yankees, you know, Brian Cashman, the Yankees GM, spoke to him and said, are you prepared to be a part time player? Because if you're not prepared for that and and to move around and maybe sit some days, then we're not going to make this deal. And Ichiro said, absolutely. And then he went on and played a lot of years and he returned to Seattle and had a great finish there as a part time player because it was an understanding, uh, I think, between Ichiro and the Mariners at that point. Okay, this is how it could play out. And he wound up You know, playing those last two games in Japan uh, and then retiring, Uh, you know, at the outset of his last season in the big leagues, just after a couple games. I I get the feeling there probably is a similar understanding here. Yes. Because when you bring back a player like Albert, how important he was to the Cardinals, and given his age and uncertainty about how he's going to perform, you have to have an understanding about uh, what's going to happen if it goes
3: badly. Yes. Uh, Of course. And that has to be the first conversation is we have a DH, but that doesn't mean you're going to be the DH every single day. You're going to have to take what, what you get here and you're going to still have to earn it. We're not just going to give you every at bat because you're Albert Pujol. So yes, there should be an agreement. I'm sure there is an agreement. And I think, I think Albert proved last year with the Dodgers that he doesn't have to play every day to be, effective and he doesn't have to play every day because his ego is in the way. I think the same arrangement will be made with the Cardinals. And I think it's good. Like I said, for both sides. All right. Uh, I want to run this bleacher tweet by you. Andrew DeSalvo
1: at DeSalvotion uh, asks, are there any highly touted rookies who look like they may actually start their seasons on a major league baseball roster instead of staying down the minors for coincidentally, Just long enough to avoid accruing a year of service time. The name, Tim, that jumped out to me right away, Bobby Witt Jr. with the Kansas City Royals. Because you don't, and I know, how much Dayton Moore, the general manager, head of baseball operation for the Royals, hates tanking. Bobby Witt Jr. is a great young player so far this spring. Seven for 16, one double, two homers, and a strikeout. What do you think?
3: Well, he's the first name that came to mind for me, Buster, and he needs to be on the opening day roster for the Royals. I think, you know, I I remember when Derek Jeter came up, they were saying he might not be ready, and he had a great rookie year. Nomar Garcia-Para, he might not be ready for this, and he had a great rookie year. The great players figure it out. Very quickly, Bobby Witt Jr. I think needs to be on the Royals opening day, either as their everyday shortstop or their everyday third baseman or wherever else he can play every day. Because, A, you're exactly right. Dayton Moore goes against the grain on a lot of things, but for the right reasons. And if you're a Royals fan and Bobby Witt is playing opening day, you are more enthused than if he isn't. And don't ever forget when Alex Gordon came up that first time, he got a standing ovation. While he was in the on deck circle in Kansas City, those people in Kansas City understand that team. And you have somebody as, you know, regarded as Alex Gordon was. They cheered him before he took a major league at bat. That's why Bobby Witt Jr., for me at least, needs to be on the everyday roster. If he has high impact, Tim, this year, uh,
1: what, uh, what sort of uh, change do you think that makes in the Royals?
3: Well, I don't think they're a playoff team, but they're an improved team and they're going to be a pain in the neck to play because they have some interesting pieces on that team. Young guys on the way up. But again, I I am such a believer that the great players figure it out no matter where they are. And I've had enough people tell me, yes, so-and-so is a really good young player, but he's not Bobby Witt Jr. So let's, let's give him a chance right away and see where it goes. Sports Illustrated was the first to report the other
1: day that Major League Baseball sent a memo out to teams stating that all pitchers should expect at least one inspection by umpires every time they appear in a game, either between innings or during pitching changes, uh, and more specifically, that umpires are going to be asked to check the hands of pitchers. Uh, Tim, you and I know, you know, when this uh, this uh, the, the enforcement of the sticky substance rule first came down. Uh, it had an immediate impact on the game. And by year's end, I could see, and I'm sure you did too, (laughs) uh, pitchers clearly, some of them had gone back to cheating. Uh, You know, given the fact that they had announced the enforcement and then I I think there was a sense among the players after a while that the umpires really didn't have their full heart in, in the thing and they really didn't want to be the ones to crack down. Uh, And so I would see watching games, pitchers doing that familiar thing that they did for years, which is to put some kind of a substance on their forearms of their gloved hands, use that to rub up their hands, uh, apply some sticky substance uh, to the baseball. Uh, According to Sports Illustrated's data, uh, the spin rates climbed at the the end of the year. And then in the postseason, I watched pitchers do the similar thing, and I wondered what baseball would do. I feel like that, you know, baseball probably even last summer knew it was going to handle it this way, which was, OK, we're just going to check the gloves. We're not going to go crazy checking the players' bodies, but next year we're going to ramp it up a little bit more. It it, it reminded me a lot. This reminds me a lot of how baseball handled the, the PD enforcement where they initially put in some rules and they had a minimal suspension. And then over time they ramped it up almost to to give players an opportunity to clean up. What was your reaction to this?
3: Yes, I'm with you all the way on this buster. And let's not forget how important sticky substance is to so many pitchers. How many pitchers did we hear about last year who had trouble, real trouble without after the enforcement first came in? And maybe who knows? Maybe you're right. Maybe guys did get away with some stuff at the end of the year. But, you know, this is a story that we haven't heard much about. I mean, the baseball was a gigantic story at one point last year. And with the lockout and everything else, we haven't heard much about it this spring until this. So I think we're going to see checking and I think our pitchers are going to try to get away with it. And it'll be real interesting to see if uh, somebody gets caught. How long have we heard about I'm starting to feel like the, the
1: tacky substance surface baseball uh, is a little bit like the Loch Ness Monster. It feels like a, a legend more than reality. How
3: long have we been hearing
1: about that? I mean, when, well, when is Major League Baseball going to get that into action?
3: Well, it's been it's been as long as I've covered baseball, how, you know, guys will put something on the ball to help them out. And it's a really important thing for some pitchers. So it'll be a fascinating development the rest of the spring and we'll see what happens on April the 7th.
1: How about Max Scherzer yesterday? Six innings in relief of Jacob deGrom. He's ready to go.
3: He is ready. I talked to Max Scherzer the other day um, in Mets camp, and (laughs) he's got that look in his eyes, Buster. We all have seen it, and uh, he is ready to go. That team is ready to go. And to to throw six innings this early in the spring, given not this early in the month, but this early in the spring is just remarkable, but no surprise at all from Max Scherzer.
1: All right. Tell me about some of the other conversations you've had while you've been down in Florida and what conversations are you looking forward to having?
3: Well, um, I'm going to go see the Yankees tomorrow. Um, Braves. I've had a really good time here. Again, Matt Olson is a tremendous kid and he's fitting in beautifully so far. But I will tell you, I spoke to Colin McHugh this morning. He's one of our real bright guys in the game. And I don't want to make this self-serving, but four years ago, he came up to me outside the Astros clubhouse and said, I read what you wrote about Frank Robinson. And he said, I'd sure like to get to know more about who Frank Robinson was. So I told a bunch of Frank Robinson stories this morning to Colin McHugh. And it really struck me how how great this is that an active player wants to know something a lot about somebody who hadn't played in, you know, 40, 50 years. And I I thought that was really, really cool and really encouraging. So that was one of my interesting conversations today. I saw Colin McHugh and said, all right, I'm going to tell you who Frank Robinson was. And I think he really appreciated it. And I just love an active player who cares about the people who came before him. So the other day I
1: tweeted out that I'm picking the Toronto Blue Jays to beat the Braves in the World Series. And part of the reason why I think the Braves are going to get back there, Tim, is the bullpen that they've constructed. You know, underneath the the Freddie Freeman conversations, uh, they've quietly <laughs> built this unbelievable group together that now includes Kenley Jansen and Colin McHugh, along with all those left handers they have. Uh, along with Luke Jackson, Darren may maybe coming back in midseason, Kirby Yates at some point perhaps uh, joining that bullpen. That is a deeper pitching staff than the one that won the World Series last year.
3: Yeah. You know, every spring buster, I do my roster book. So I write it. I write down every team who's pitching, who's where every team, every guy on the team. Just so because when I write it down, I can see it better and I can absorb it better. And I just kept writing down names in that brave bullpen. They had a good bullpen last year, and I just kept writing down names of guys who were really good. And as we know, a deep, versatile bullpen takes you a long way, especially now and especially this year with a short spring training and you know fewer innings probably from our starters out of the gate. So I really like the Braves as a team, and the best part about their team is their bullpen. All right, Tim. Thanks for
1: doing this. I know as soon as you hang up with me, you're immediately going to go to social media and find video of Will Smith slapping Chris Rock.
3: Again, I, I apologize, Buster. Today was a weird day. I'm usually checking Twitter first thing in the morning, but it was dark and I was driving and I had to get here to go to work. So I didn't even look, but I'm going to look as soon as we get off the phone and then I'm going to be really embarrassed. For
1: the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. We're driven by the search for better. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit. To get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Buster. Just go to Indeed.com Buster right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com Buster. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
3: Zero, zero, nine, six.
0: This is The Numbers Game
1: with Sarah Langs. Sarah Langs, a reporter and producer at MLB.com. And long before that, she worked at ESPN, where she worked alongside Tim Kirkchin, uh, which frames the context for this information I want to tell you. Sarah, first off, how are you doing this morning?
2: I'm doing great. How are you, Buster?
1: I'm doing great. So we talked to Tim a little while ago, and Tim Kirkchen had no awareness of the slap that Will Smith gave to Chris Rock at the Oscars last night. <laughs> Before we talk to him, what do you think, knowing Tim?
2: Of course, of course, he had no idea. That doesn't surprise me in the slightest. I mean, I also was not watching the Oscars. I believe I was watching Food Network by that point. But when we saw it had happened on Twitter, went over, saw Will Smith's speech, the whole thing, caught up on all of the jokes and memes on Twitter. But I would not exactly expect the same of Tim. So that does not surprise me at all.
1: Yeah, the only Will Smith that Tim had top of mind was the Will Smith who he had just talked to in the Braves clubhouse uh, before he talked to Colin McHugh. So I I knew that uh, you would get a lap
0: out of that. All right, let's play the numbers game. Number three.
2: Number three is two. So on Sunday, the Mets pitch, Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer in the same spring training game. And yes, this is a spring training thing. This is not going to happen in a regular season game. But you know, I had to go look into whether two multi-time Cy Young winners had ever pitched in the same regular season game. And the answer is no. No team has ever thrown two multi-time Cy Young winners in the same regular season game. And again, this is very unlikely to happen, but you never know. It could happen in a postseason game. It feels like the type of thing that could, but it just was a uh, fun tour de force of how the Mets pitching could look this season and of course, just spring training and how it goes. Number two. Number two is 248. So that's how many strikeouts Garrett Cole is projected for this season. That would exactly tie Ron Guidry's 1978 Yankees single season total. He came five strikeouts shy of tying that last year, and he's projected to tie it again this year. That would also lead the majors. So, no Yankees pitcher has led even the AL in strikeouts since Al Downing in 1964. And the last Yankees pitcher to even have a share of the MLB lead in strikeouts was Vic Rashi in 1951 when he was tied with John Newcomb and Warren Spahn. The last Yankees pitcher to lead outright in strikeouts was Lefty Gomez in 1937, which is the only time it happened. So Garrett Cole is projected to do some things we have not seen in pinstripes in a very long time.
0: Number one.
2: Number one is one for Shohei Otani, making his first career opening day start this year. This was announced last week. So, of course, he's going to pitch on the mound. But he's also going to hit per Joe Maddon. The last American League player to both hit and pitch in an opening day game against an American League team was on April 16th, 1972. Pat Dobson for the Orioles and Mel Stoudemire for the Yankees. And that's only because all the other opening day games were on April 15th that year. The Yankees and the Orioles got rained out on opening day. So they had the game, the opening day game to themselves on April 16th. So, of course, this hasn't happened since the institution of the DH, but we will see Shohei Otani do this on opening day and I can't wait.
1: All right. So one of Shohei Otani's former teammates is Albert Pujols, who, of course, was released by the Angels last year, went on to play for the Dodgers. Tim and I were talking about how he was better than either one of us expected with the Dodgers. He signs with the Cardinals. Uh, What can the Cardinals expect from him, do you think, Sarah, and what, what role potentially you see for him?
2: I mean, I think if they platoon him the way the Dodgers did in only starting him in those specific games, they will get more out of him. As you mentioned, he was also better than I expected for the Dodgers. He slugged 460 for them and hit 254. He had the 12 homers. I mean, in comparison, in 24 games, the Angels, he had hit 198 and slugged 372. So they did get a lot more out of him. And I don't see why the Cardinals can't do the same with him DHing and sort of put together sort of maybe quasi-DH platoon. But I think a lot of this is sentimental, and I see no issue with that for a guy who is so close to 700 career home runs. I'm not sure if he can hit the 21 he needs this year. He's at 679 to get to 700. But I think he could come very close. And I mean, I lo- my first thought when I saw this deal was, we get Yadi and Waino and Pools together again. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, 2011, but it feels like a really long time ago. And the idea of all of them together and what feels like it could be a final year for Wainwright and Yadi as well, who came back together for this year, it just feels like a really fun thing. I do think he can be a productive enough player at the plate to have him somewhere in that lineup every now and then for that
1: Sarah, let me see if uh, you, you agree with me. This is how I see because a lot of times, uh, as you mentioned, you know, maybe you play him against lefties. Uh, maybe they're, you know, it's a platoon along those lines, a lefty righty. I think it's going to come down to the velocity of the opposing pitchers. Um, and as you were talking, it, it the light bulb went off over my head, and I I'm looking at Baseball Reference, and they have this great uh, one of the splits they present is power versus finesse pitchers, and the numbers are how you, you, we might expect them to be. For an older player who struggles against velocity, against power pitchers last year, as defined by baseball reference, Albert hit 154, a 254 on base, a 289 slugging percentage against finesse pitchers. And it's clear that the Dodgers, Dave Roberts, angled to put him in those situations against, quote, unquote, finesse pitchers, guys who don't throw as hard. 80 games, 169 plate appearances. He batted 268. A three hundred eight percentage, a five twenty nine slugging percentage. Thirteen of the homers he hit last year were against finesse pitchers. Does that make uh, sense to you?
2: Yeah, that makes total sense. So I think, as you said, it's not just lefties; it's also the specific, you know, arsenal of the pitcher. And as long as Ollie Marmel and the Cardinals, you know, keep that in mind, I don't see any reason he won't get the appropriate at bats and hopefully make his way towards seven hundred home runs
1: exactly all
0: right sarah thanks for doing this
2: thanks so much for having you buster
0: bleacher tweets already buster bleacher tweets for a monday and before we get to the tweets i just want to i took a little uh, hike on friday and grabbed some of these while i was out i would have to plug my computer in i was looking on zoom i'm like looking to see what you were holding up Try that. like day. rocks you know
1: cow dung i didn't know what you were going to show
0: Little bird sound buster, nice. They were out of awesome course. Saw a bunch of uh, baby blue jays. Maybe a, uh, a sign for the blue jays going forward. Perhaps? Yeah.
1: Well, I did pick them to win the World Series, mm. so you know that uh, that that's appropriate.
0: Okay. Let's talk to our guy David Broccolini Precht at David Precht. He writes, and I'm confused. Orioles will be under 62 games this season because they didn't sign more guys and Carl. Thought it'll be dark in Baltimore, but we're expecting three to six big prospects making their debut. Isn't this progress a sign of progress? I guess technically it is a sign of progress, but uh, that, I mean, a small sign. I mean, they're doing the bare minimum to, uh, you know, improve the squad here with their prospects and not with anyone else and not with a professional pitching staff.
1: They have a fraction of the number of players required to compete in the American League East, and that directly reflects the fact. That they're spending a fraction of the amount of money that the other teams in the division are spending,
0: including the Tampa Bay Rays. It's not a place you want to be if you want to compete uh, as a baseball team in the major leagues. PK Steinberg is up next at PK Steinberg. He writes "And Free agency has calmed over the last few days. Time to assess the winners. I declare the A's as the winners of the offseason. How about you?
1: Uh, I th- is PK a little tongue in cheek here? With the A's <laughs> tearing it down, <laughs> yeah. making big trades. I will say, uh, look, when, when we've seen the A's tear down, and people have said, "Well, the, the Athletics are tanking," I'm like, "No, look at their history. They don't tank. They retool and they turn around very quickly." Uh, it, what they went through a span of like 25 straight years where the only the Yankees or the Yankees were the only other team that had won uh, at least 79 games in, in like 25 straight seasons. Like they compete. So, and I do feel like that the trades they've made. Uh, for Matt Olson, for Matt Chapman have been good trades for them. I, I think they're going to get good uh, return on these starting pitchers at some point, And they'll be back. Don't confuse what the uh, athletics are doing with full-blown tanking like we've seen the Orioles do.
0: Next up is Debbie Gammons-Brown, DGB, writes in. So besides fresh farm vegetables... Only fruit in Philadelphia could sell you ground horse. Is this what you did on the family farm buster? And she sent in a picture oh my God. alongside of that horse. Yeah. Something I would never try.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I just, uh, we we had some ponies and I can't even imagine. I would sound strange from someone. You know, we raise beef cows and, and pigs every year, uh, but uh, butchering a horse, that doesn't sound really great.
0: And you even have some aversion to eating, eating pig. You don't like ribs because of, you know, your close association with uh, with. Right. No, I just don't like I I just I'm not I'm not a big rib person. I it's got nothing had,
1: to do with me liking the pigs. Uh, it's just I, I'm just not a big rib person. I thought you had an
0: emotional connection.
1: To no, pigs. no. I mean, O'Brien was my first pig uh, and there he was go. pretty cool. Uh, but no, I, I would have no problem. We I ate O'Brien bacon.
0: All right. Thoughts and prayers to O'Brien in the afterlife. Trevor Dunning at Montana Met is up next. There is a pretty high chance there will be some playoff games in Toronto if the vaccination requirement doesn't change in Canada by then. Do you think players will get vaccinated for playoff games? Nope.
1: I think if you get holdouts through the regular season, then they will hold out into the postseason. But I... Uh, I do wonder by the time we get to opening day, if some of the peer pressure will eventually wear them down. It obviously didn't for Kyrie Irving. He waited out the situation and he played last night. My son was at that game because his favorite team, the Hornets were there and they beat
0: Kyrie Irving in the nets. Wow. Very exciting night for Jake. Uh, Yep. Dan Lee is our last tweet for today at Mr. Fancy 36. Dan writes in who is the number one person you wish would have won a world series. Dan, I
1: wish that Tony Gwynn had won a World Series. You know, having covered him, uh, knowing how much he loved to play, uh, to have him do a championship parade in San Diego would have been really cool. He got to play in two World Series, but it would have been fun to see Tony win
0: one. Already, that does it for Bleacher Tweets. Hashtag Bleacher Tweets on Twitter. Thanks for writing in, everyone. And uh, just a little note on our scheduling this week. Uh, we are doing a podcast today, obviously, but we're going to do a show on Wednesday and another one on Friday. So uh, just if you subscribe, you don't even have to really worry about it uh, when the show's going to come out because it'll just show up in your feed.
1: That's it for today. My thanks to Tim, Sarah, Sarah, and Taylor. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And remember, hate and inequality based on skin color is something we need to fight against every single day. Thanks for listening to the Baseball Tonight
0: Podcast. If you're playing fantasy baseball, check out the Fantasy Focus Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. The Baseball Tonight Podcast.
1: Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner. Moxidectin and pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus Chews provides one and done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurological disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NextGuard Plus Chews.